2: This podcast is brought to you by The Word magazine, media partner of Latitude
0: Festival 2010.
1: You're listening to a podcast from The Word.
2: I was, uh, a funny thing happened the other day. Claire, uh, my wife, came back from... Um, from uh, she did something she doesn't normally do. She came back from shopping. She doesn't do that, actually. She came back from shopping and she said, have we... Uh, in a panicked state... And said, have we got a copy of Exile on Main Street in the As if it was you know, of earth-shattering importance. Which, I suppose, in a sense, of course, it always is. And I said, yeah, we've got I was up on the roof. We've got a vinyl. I don't, no time for vinyl. Can't to the roof. No time, no, no time for vinyl. We CD. We must put it on now. I said, what's happened? She said, I was in a shop. And they were playing Tumbling Dice by the Rolling Stones. Uh. And I forgot how absolutely... Fan- and she went into this rather touching little riff about which is interesting because a lot of it was to do with what the stones looked like at the time and how how tremendous they were and i thought oh it it was a great record but was it well
3: i I, you mentioned tumbling dice to me that's the only good track oh
2: is it right i think it's it's a really average album i
3: think if you were to compile the best of the rolling stones there wouldn't be many tracks from um, exile on there and I i like the stones and i love the previous album i love sticky fingers But I've never ever got this.
2: So is it all right? But the interesting is it. I've just banged my foot on the floor. Must stop doing that. Uh, But is it? Is it then one of those records like Sandinista? No, it's better than. No, no, but I'm I'm talking about. No, no, no. Of course, it's better. But I mean, I'm just meaning theoretically. Much than that's it. Is it one of those records that when Sandinista came out, everybody kind of warmed to it because it represented a, an, a kind of tremendously decadent era of Clash history where they were a sprawling, you know, free triple album and they're out in Jamaica and it all looked terribly glamorous. And wasn't it a lot of that to do with the Stones? You, I was watching the documentary on the television the other night. A lot of it is that is that idea of Chateau Nelcott, these fabulous-looking creatures Magnificent with
3: hair from Keith Richards. Great hair. Possibly the most influential hair in rock, I think.
2: Yes, that's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Good scoop-neck t- And shirts, the general... You were mentioning this the other day, Dave, the, the, what do you call it, the, 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 ele- the wasted, the elegantly...
0: Eleg- elegantly wasted was invented was. in Chateau and Elcott, yeah. uh, Because, actually, one point about Exile on Main Street, which um, I think applies to quite a lot of records, actually, and isn't given the sufficient weight in the critical weighing, is the way it was packaged. It looked fantastic. You know what I mean? The, this, the cover? The cover, uh, you know, and that's something obviously lost when you go from a 12-inch LP to a, you know... And the cover is, to remind CD. people,
2: is the little... Uh, well, it's also sorts also, also like It's montage.
0: And I think it's mainly done by Robert Frank, the great American photographer. You know, so it's a combination of old kind of freak show images, you know, people probably most remember the one of... of the, the man with the three... With the balls in his balls mouth. In his mouth, uh, yeah. You know, all other kind of strange, you know, bearded ladies and so forth. Kind of Bordello thing
2: you, freak show, yeah. Yes. the
0: kind of thing you might see on a, you know, like, Carney poster or something. And then he had these extraordinary documentary pictures shot us, presumably in the Deep South in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. And then what he did was he took the Rolling Stones... Down into I think downtown Los Angeles when they were mixing and completing the record in mm. Los Angeles, and he shot them on Super 8 video in order to make them look as kind of blurry and sleazy as these as these images that he put. And they away. merge in together. And it merges they? absolutely perfectly because I know no record whether you like it or not. I know no record ever made where the visuals so completely chime with the music. This is a trick
2: that Anton Corbine used, uh, uh, whether directly stolen from this, I should imagine, not to great effect many times, which is when he did it with U2 and with R.E.M., which is that he somehow managed to invest in them a kind of connection to a soulful folklore of the 1920s and 30s. (laughs) To give them a kind of three-dimensional di- depth and and, uh, and resonance that, that their music might not have had, you know, it yeah. really worked with this. And it's if you, so do, right. you know, if you do a cheesy cover, you know, this is an
0: interesting point actually. I'll throw this out to the massive: Are there any great albums with terrible covers? <laughs>
2: That's probably too big of an interview <laughs> film for us to talk P- about, P- right? That sounds, obviously, but... Oh, yeah. OK. <laughs> That's okay. where you start. <laughs> I seem to remember, it's three blokes, and five blokes and a llama or something. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's so terrible. a the San Diego. That's right.
0: But anyway, back to back to their own Stones' Exile Main Street, which has been reissued with, you know, extra tracks, Who Needs Them?, um, re- and recorded, uh, actually. Sorry? Controversially re-recorded well, ex- re recorded yeah, re- overdone some it. of the vocals, which to me sounds just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, because you, know, you can't make a record, take a record that's recorded in 1970. <laughs> on analogue or whatever, no. in a chateau, a sixty-five-year-old
3: singing part, a, a sixty-five-year-old
0: <laughs> digitally put on there—it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's like kind of, you know, it's like taking a Renaissance painting and digitizing yeah. a little bit in the corner. Yeah. You kind of want to improve it, you know? It doesn't work at all. Um, but anyway, also there's this documentary that. Um, that is on on the uh, on the BBC uh, iPlayer for the next few days, which was uh, shown last week. I just it, watched most watching. of that
2: last night. It's really really good. It's fascinating. What, what it's Mick Jagger? I really recommend people see it actually because um, it, it rather unpacks your your received view of what this whole story was about. Actually, it's only us after the event, post-rationalising it and turning it into this fabulous sort of. Um, Freewheeling spontaneous fantasy. It, it wasn't really at all. I mean, they are um, uh, incredibly embittered about the tax laws. They're, they're, they're blaming Harold Wilson in, uh, uh, you know, in, by name. Wilson? Was it Wilson or was it Heath? I can't I think to think remember. They mentioned Wilson. I oh, think, okay. And they're talking about, uh, inaccurately, actually, uh, estimating how much money you'd be left with if you'd earned a million, which we haven't, they keep saying. But, but Mick Jagger makes a fantastic point, which is that um, actually they were really terrified. They were terrified of this because at that time in uh, when was it seventy two seventy one if you if you 70, if you right, if you if you left the country and even went off to tour America for any great length of time, you ran the terrific risk of losing the key with your British fan base. You know, you who felt deserted. Um, and if you left the country for reasons of tax, entirely self-interested to try and keep some of the money that this fan base has actually given you in the first place, that was a double disaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really quite an interesting way of looking at it. So we kind of think of it as, oh, Graham Parsons is lying in a hammock and there's a big pile of dope and everybody's tuning guitars and for But actually, when they start out, they're all in a state of... A Tremendous um, agitation and, and consternation and, and, and worry. I mean, particularly the rhythm section a fantastic, Charlie well, and
3: Bill. Bill is, is concerned that he can't buy Marmite and Chutney. Bill, it, says, why? No, Bill <laughs> says
2: he wants uh, PG Tips, I think it is. Uh, he doesn't like French milk. He can't make a, even with his PG Tips, and with French milk, he can't make a proper cup of tea. Yeah, I, should point out
0: custard. In, I should point out in Bill's defence, you know, Bill's comes from pench. Okay. And you can take the man Say out no of more. Penge, but you can never take penge, penge out of, out of, out of bill. the man. No, uh, and he remains the same to this
2: day. He does. Anyway, go and carry on. He does, but I, I love that idea that that Bill and Charlie... Also, Charlie goes on about being uh, not a very good... What's Not very good mover. Not a very good mover. And you yeah. can see that. Charlie is just set in his ways. They're, cre- they're creatures of, of comfort and habit, aren't they? And Charlie's there, and he says, I felt even more because I actually couldn't speak French. At least Mick Jagger, you know, with his reasonably posh uh, middle-class education, could actually speak French, you know. And there's a lovely bit, in fact, the p- documentary starts with Mick Jagger speaking French. This is very recently, uh, recently uh, recorded. It's lovely, and he says in French she says, um, uh, back then, he says, we were young, good-looking and stupid. Now we're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, gets a big laugh from it's the cat, a, it,
0: it intrigues me, unpicking this. So, you know, so they all go to the South France because um, uh, Keith is quoted as saying that, uh, that the government pretty much chased them out of the country because they had too many fans. <laughs>
2: Yes, I think Keith is rather overestimated. It. It's, it's ludicrous. The it's, political that's impulse. a political thing. The idea, is of, a the, cab- the
0: cabinet's out there. And went, oh, I better get rid is of It's Is this there things. a <laughs> you know? Anyway, they all go to the south of France, and they all get separate houses. Uh, well, Mick gets a separate house. There's Mick Taylor, of course, there's, you know, quite recently joined, and there's and there's Charlie gets a place, presumably pristine place where he can put his socks in alphabetical order and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Keith <laughs> is in <laughs> Nelka. Is true. I know Charlie ends up dossing at Keith's place. It, it does anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
3: He doesn't like the commute, so. yeah, does
0: There's a very sound reason why they decide you can't find a suitable studio. Why did why did they decide to set up the mobile in Keith's place? Because obviously, the chances of getting Keith yeah. to any <laughs> other place. We've well,
2: got Keith and Charlie now, both in so, the same place. So yeah, that's, that is two thirds th- of the Rolling <laughs> Stones. 40% of them are already in position. <laughs> so well, not actually in position, they are got to be carried down some steps. <laughs> and it's really interesting, is it? Andy Johns says,
0: who engineered the record, who's interviewed in the film, he says, you know, they used to spend just hours yeah. arsing about, which of course groups do, you know, just trying riffs and you know, mucking them out, not quite playing, but making musical noises. And he said, I always knew something was about to happen when Keith looked at Charlie. And imagine it. Never being actually articulated. It would be very uncool in anybody in the starts to say, Say so what, chaps, should we do it properly now? Yeah. In the name, it wouldn't do that at all. Just Keith Try would look at Charlie. Get, get Charlie's gaze. Charlie would go, OK, all right, so now this is serious. And then Bill would go That's towards it. them, and then Mick. Make- Taylor would come in as but well.
2: imagine trying to decode that. Come on, the same any group has been together yeah. a long time. You've got to decode the shorthand that they've worked out since the age of what, what it was in their case. 17, 18, was it? The, 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 the I Keith suppose something like were, that, yeah. they joined the group. It's incredible. But
0: it's also, it's the group in which they never wish to be seen to be working, do they? No, no, no. They've always got no, to appear. Wrong. Ridiculous
2: it's and <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's all got to be like, it's just cobbled
0: together. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously it was cobbled together, because, you know... <laughs> yeah. it, and clearly, when they you know they started off, they did all that stuff in Nelkut. and I don't think you get the impression that they didn't think it was all that good no. at the time. And then the winter stuff you know, the autumn winds start right. coming in, and Chilled people something yeah. people don't like it anymore. They kicked out all the all the big druggers, you know. Grand Parsons have been booted out, we'll sent so back to America, isn't it? And and then and, and Mick has clearly not been very keen on the whole on the process all the way through because he's quite shrewdly probably thought where are the songs you know Fraser yeah. points
2: out. well himself, it's riffs you know. it's really because they're going it's the moment they stop writing constructed songs and go into riffing which is what, what yeah. things like Black and Blue turned out to be yeah. just monumental riffs you know? but
0: there, so then they go to Los Angeles to, to finish it and, and desperately write kind of songs on top of this thing and Mick Jagger brings in the other element, you see, I, I think I think Exile is a fantastic record, but it's a sound record, not a songs record. Yeah, it's, it's a rhythm record. Yeah, yeah, it is. it's an unbelievable rhythm record. But it has, and, it, and its main elements are Charlie Watts, who is just unbelievable. Keith Richards and Mick Taylor's guitar sound. And the third thing, which Mick Jagger introduces, is the gospel female vocals. That's right. You know, whoever it is. I mean, Mary Sensation, Clayton, Claudia alone it? it's, it's just unbelievable, yeah. that, that combination of the two. And that was obviously put in that would have been added when they got Osage. to Los Angeles yeah. so you know when you listen to things like Soul Survivor and things like that nowadays which have got these vocals so of all to the and you
2: would have heard what was actually going on in this basement you know well, yeah, yeah, would which would have, have been, been nothing like as, a, exactly. as exciting no, no, as,
0: as, as what they ended up with you yeah. know so you know I think they kind of lucked their way into it but I suppose that implies that you know that, that applies with an awful lot of records the thing that fascinates me and going back to the imaging of it you know the the, the presentation of it I think it's a record unique in popular music history, in that all bands want to make it again. You know, Primal Scream, The Black Crows, yeah. they all want to do It's Our, Our Exile, on Main Street. I suppose the other one they do is The White Album, actually. Because they all want to feel that they have that glorious moment of freedom and possibility, where they can do that mad
2: self Well, self-indulgent it's, it's, like a, it's like a, 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 a sort of left-turn, slight left-turn... Uh, from the um, downstairs to debasement, in fact, uh, from the um, you know the traffic album, the idea of getting it together in the country, as you say, it's a, it's the kind of moment of tremendous decadence where this combination of people get together and kind of live together in this kind yes, bohemian Yeah, they all turn up with their I families know. and they've got millions. They of all turn up with children. a load of f- flaxen children, exactly. So, you dogs. Know, of dogs, and, <laughs> and roadies and drug dealers. And, and then again, you put in a load of fabulous um, black backing singers and things, and you, its very—it's exactly what Primal Screen tried to do. You're right. It is. Do you know the funny thing? I was, re- some, I was reminded actually coming in this morning of, of, of some book I must have been reading. I've read so many books about the Stones. I can't which one now, which describes in incredible detail the moment when they go to uh, to the south of France and the last one to leave. Because of course he comes across Keith Richards as being the the really uh, open minded, um, kind of international bohemian one, well, unlike Charlie and, and Bill. You know, but actually Keith doesn't want to go. And Keith, I think, is living in uh, Cheney Walk in Chelsea. Uh, in some tremendous uh, pile there, and uh, what they do in the end, they claim, is that they take every aspect of his living room, which has, as you can imagine, as everybody's living room subsequently had afterwards when they discovered this was how Keith did it. Was uh, you know a couple of lights in the corner with a with a kind of Indian scarf thrown over them. You know, big pile. Even the ashtray, yeah, uh, the bottles, every single thing that he associated with that room, they apparently took it put it in the car, drove it down south and reconstructed yeah. this room for him. And he was pretty much sort of shipped horizontally out of an aeroplane and laying back on the sofa. And I'd like to think that he woke up and thought he was still actually in chaining <laughs> wall. They, they, say they, say, <laughs> anyway,
0: they say that the Queen thinks everywhere smells of new paint. That's you know, right. Keith Richard thinks yeah. everywhere smells of insects
2: yeah. because wherever he goes they yeah. carry around this. <laughs> they claim that they took his ashtray without actually taking anything out of it so the, to make so himself So Keith never has to deal with the real world. <laughs> done it for fourteen years, you know. I love that.
0: transported around in this bubble. It's He's somewhere right now.
2: I know. And there are scarves over the you know There'll be scarves over the huge beatbox playing uh you know it Prince Farai <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea about him. But he would have, I the idea also very slowly would have dawned on him. It seems a bit hot in here. How you speak? He's got that slightly posh head. He's like Prince Charles. <laughs> have you come, come far? Have you come far? There's always sort of slurring the end words. rushing rush in the end of the sentence because he's so out of his head, you know. <laughs> Do you remember that? Was that an awards show we went to? Was it Q Magazine's awards? when oh, I had to look after him all day. You remember, Keith? It was so funny. And, and he literally,
0: literally didn't know where he it was. He was
2: a brilliant. And when he got on stage, he kind of said, hello, it's so lovely to be GQ's Man of the Year. <laughs> and she knew perfectly well at the <laughs> Q Awards. He <laughs> was so marvelous. And it was 1999, and, and I'd had to do a little interview, a television interview with him for VH1. It was fantastic. And he had all these spoons and knives in his hair. Do you remember that? a blue-haired period. Before he's just between stopping dyeing his hair and going grey, you know. He went blue. And uh, I can remember saying, what was he going to do uh, you know, the millennium or something? It was a big issue then, 1999. And what we were going to do, he said something like, I'm going to go back to the bunker and get a load of some tinned food and some machine guns and just wait and hide for a while I hope the whole bloody thing doesn't happen, you know. It was this
0: idea that... He's so showbiz, Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Because he always says the thing that people want to hear. Yeah. He Kids, never says yeah. anything vaguely surprising at all does he no never nothing
2: controversial it, it, at it, all you know if it, the idea that if mick jagger got a knighthood that keith would say i'm very proud of the other <laughs> one <boy."> it's, <laughs> it's never gonna happen it's, it's just it's gonna kick him uphill and down downhill, you know? so the, the <laughs> other the other person closely
0: involved in exile on main street which who i do think is uh, worthy of talking
2: about is mick taylor underrated Mick Taylor is... <laughs> Fraser, under, that's what we're doing. We're on. I'm in a podcast and we're working out whether or not Mick Taylor is underrated. That's
3: simple. Uh, you just need to look at the track record. Go on. Their best albums were made with Mick Taylor. They were,
2: right well, there they we go. Yeah. Yeah. And have,
0: even, we have, even we have more Concord. to the point, if if you were the kind of person who'd to Rolling Stone's live bootlegs, you would realise that all their best live bootlegs are all with Mick Taylor. The minute Mick
2: Taylor goes, it falls off a cliff. <laughs> you see, it seems unkind to say uh, <laughs> about Sir Ronald... <laughs> His successor. <laughs> in, his <current laughs> in his current predicament, but Sir Ronald's repertoire is, is narrow at best, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and also entirely derivative, really, of, of, of what, what Keith Richards himself is playing. Yeah. So uh, the great thing is that they added another great dimension of embroidery and melody over the top, and it's uh, really. In fact, we've found, I know we've had this conversation on a podcast before, and I met Rolling's one of the Rolling Stones lawyers the other day, and I told her this, uh, and she said, "Don't think it hasn't been considered." Which is, can the Rolling Stones reform? With Mick Taylor, why not? Wouldn't that get them out of all their problems? They'd love to reform. David, give me a look as if we shouldn't be talking oh, well, about this legally. No, no would they? No, I think no, we should. No, 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 no fine. <laughs> no, I think we should because the Rolling Stones could legitimately get back on, on the road with five original members. Not quite original. Sorry, five members. Who are, sorry, who were who were part of that oh, lineup? The, the good lineup. The good, the good. That lineup. The phrase we're talking about could reform tomorrow. A special tour. The good Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Sir good. Ronald can go out and play it. Goodwood Racecourse with Mick Hucknall. He can do Gimme Some Neck. Yeah, yeah. Or i as, as,
0: as we've got to call it, I think. And isn't, is, it, is Sir Ron not involved in this Faces Farago? He is. Mick oh, he is, I'm he is about. Yeah.
2: Goodwood, yeah. Uh, Mick Hucknall, um, McLagan, Is it Kenny Jones? Who is it? Uh, there's three three of the Faces. I
0: suppose so, yeah. And,
2: and, and Hucknall. Uh, I know. It's, I know what you're thinking. I know. It doesn't So they're right. going to do, you
0: know, uh, You Can Make Me Sing, Dance or Anything and... They're going to do faces... I presume Huttman's going to
2: go on stage with a kind of tartan scarf, and boot a load of football, <laughs> the drink swig heavily from a Br- bottle of Newcastle blue none. a Blue Nun. Blue Nun. Warm Blue Nun. It's fascinating. <laughs> a glass in a glass. If you go back and you look
0: at the pictures <laughs> of the faces during, in their pomp, when they used to drink more, more ostentatiously than any other group in yeah. pop music, you've never seen more blue of a kind none. of tooth-rotting yeah. cocktail of, you know, yeah. just... Yeah, creme de mousse. It's a, it's a <laughs> scotch
2: egg first, isn't it? It's just to line the stomach. It's <laughs> <Yes>. a <laughs> pork pie, a bag of chips. Newcastle Brown <laughs> and Blue Nun. Blue Brown Mills. Blue Nun for afters. I I, I
0: recently, I read that they've stopped making blue, uh, Newcastle Brown in uh, Newcastle, apparently. Where do they make it now? Isn't there a no call for it, have they? There's no demand. I don't know. They knock it out some. It's a repulsive
2: uh, brew, to be fair. I haven't it had is any. This sweet. Suits. Oh, I had one recently. A repulsive oh, really? I really had one recently. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Someone <laughs> bought one round my I did something like the bottle, and brought it around to our house. One more thing on the Rolling
0: Stones the footage of Mick Jagger and Bianca's wedding. Never fails to absolutely amaze me.
3: With all the paparazzi there.
0: There are more paparazzi than guests, even though the guests, you know, McCartney's there and, you know, it's kind of who's who of rock aristocracy of the time. They all kind of flew in. And there there they are in wherever they were, it's Nice or something. Yeah. Uh, And and they're just in the, you know, the the registry office or whatever, being married by the local mayor. There's no sign whatsoever of anything you might call security. I it's know. just a zoo, and they have to stop them. Yeah, I think Mick Jagger has to say at one point during the ceremony to the photographers, Can you please
3: stop taking pictures? Yeah, no he he knocks someone's camera out the way at some point. He doesn't do angry very well, he, does he?
2: he kind of well, he's got every right to be angry. <laughs> yeah, <but he's laughs> Look at, I, I'm with him on this. You know? Security yeah, in wasn't way, invented. It? I know. It's funny, that, that wedding is a bit in. I'm trying to spin through the uh, rotting Rolodex in my mind now and work out what book it would have been. I think it would have been uh, Come on in. All oh, right, I think we'd have been uh, Mossman's in the house. Mossers. Hey. Hello. Wasters. Hey, What are you doing in a moment sex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you go to the premiere? I, I did. All
1: right, come well, no, on. I just got this note on my desk saying,
2: come in and talk about SATC. Hey, my come my come on, on. Like, with that? SATC 2
1: catch. Are we going too fast? Sit down, sit down. Come and sit on this chair. We're doing this. We're not stopping. Can you hear my voice? Go, going to Sit there.
2: Listeners, I We thought... It's coming in this morning. Kate Mossman, our esteemed review editor, was going last night to see the premiere of carpet premiere. Well,
1: it wasn't. This is the thing. Uh, I, I of had Sex, no, in the, Sex in the 2? Yeah, of SATC 2. Hey, <laughs> I was saying to John Sellers, what is this? Is this some current world event that I don't know about? And I was practically going to Google it. And I try can't to
2: believe to you are the world's up. biggest, what? what, what, what <laughs> world's <laughs> right. biggest Sex in the City fan. You don't even call it SATC. I've never, I've never
1: heard of that much. <laughs>
2: I was trying to be a bit here. <laughs> There's a load of pictures in the paper of some girls some with iHeart SATC t shirts I was <laughs> like, hoping you might be in this picture. No, this, is,
1: this is the thing, because there were, in fact, two premieres. I didn't have any interest in going to the, the red carpet one. You said last night, that oh, they'll all be there, you know, if you've got your stilettos and stuff. I was damn, you know, don't really Oh, want so to. you weren't at the premiere? Well, I thought that... Um, there you went was, to a screen. It, it was a double premiere. So uh-huh. on the, oh, right. One side of Leicester Square, there were all the girls with the iHeart SATC 2 banners, and then the other side, there was all the people going to the press. Reading. So I didn't see the the women at all, but I
2: didn't mind. But you did see the film because you I see, saw the film. See what what interests me. Listeners to the podcast. Yesterday's Guardian had a terribly funny piece which I read eight <laughs> years. It was so funny, and they're they're quoting from the. Uh, one star, and indeed, in one case, no star reviews of this movie. Now, <laughs> one just, star I, out of a hundred. One no Polly of Hudson in the Daily Mirror says, If you love Sex and the City as much as I do, a word of advice. Whatever you do, capital letters, do not go and see this film. It, it, without being over dramatic, it's like watching a dear friend being brutally murdered in front of you. I mean, it's just. Uh, the guy, Robert Ebert of the... Uh, Roger, so uh, Roger Ebert, of the Chicago Sunday Times says, Some of these people make my skin crawl. The characters of Sex and City are flyweight bubbleheads living in a world which really requires three sentences in a row. Their defining quality is consuming things. They gobble food, fashion, houses, husbands, children, vitamins and freebies. It goes on. I mean... Oh, sorry, one more. One more <laughs> then you, well, then you're going to tell us. One more. This is the person... Is this uh, Kate Muir of the Times? He says, the four smart New Yorkers have metamorphosed into lobotomized gawping tourists, trapped by their stilettos in the sands of Abu Dhabi, laughing at women in burkas and asking, what's a souk? Blah 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 blah. I mean, is it? Is it? <laughs> it b- it low is. Quality?
1: It's very much like that, and it's an extremely bizarre film because. But it's you're a, a
2: fan way
0: back. I was a the, fan of the program. The TV show. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm going to have to go back a second because I've never watched it. What do you like about it, the TV program? It
1: was very well written, and it had. I was saying in the office yesterday. In every thirty-five minutes, it would have about four or five very good stories that wove together. And it was actually quite as much as um, there's this whole thing in uh, The Simpsons when Marge's two sisters are watching it and going, "It's so like our lives." <laughs> <laughs> it, like we really would sit there and we, <laughs> me and my best friend, and we would look at each other and go, oh, "It's so like our lives," um, because of the way that they sort of you know overanalyzed everything that happened to them and got themselves in you know, tangles, which is exactly what most females do of my age. And um, but any I liked Jimmy it for that shoes, obviously. Well, yeah, apparently I don't really notice <laughs> any of that stuff. But it was the weirdest film because it was a product placement. I don't know what deal they've done with the Abu Dhabi government. But there was um, the holiday uh, to Abu Dhabi is introduced by a dialogue which says, you know, I've heard Dubai is very nice. And then the prince of Abu Dhabi goes, Dubai is, mm, what is the word in English? Over. <laughs> Abu Dhabi <laughs> is the new Middle East. and yeah. Do you
2: say that flights are competitively priced well? Well, it was
1: practically <laughs> like that. They got on a plane and there was a product placement for... Pringles in Arabic and like Charlotte actually holds it up practically to the camera and says isn't this crazy we even get Pringles in Arabic and loads of other things like um, uh, there was a self-help book that they were promoting and there were lots, lots and lots of branding in it from flat screen TVs to you know Sort of corn chips and things, and I just wondered, you know, why they why they needed to Was do that an episode. Well, that's
0: the, no, no seriously. I think this is one of the things that Hollywood is looking at in a big way because revenues, you know, because of piracy and so forth, are so down. Mm. They're looking at any other way that they can make any. And kind having of money. the
1: premiere, the press premiere, the night before the screening, is another way of avoiding any kind of piracy, isn't it?
2: Right, or already kind of press,
0: well, let's be fair. I mean, you wouldn't expect it to get great reviews. No, and and you and also you wouldn't expect them to make any difference. No, no, no. You know, sequels, I I know from my experience with my, you know, grown-up children, they go and see, you know, sequel four and then complain that it's not very good. And I say, well, why do you go? Well, they still go. Well, that's why it gets made, doesn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, yeah. It's it was three hours long, and um, oh, God, <laughs> good grief! <great.
0: laughs> they
2: didn't have, have time to edit it. No, three hours,
1: hours long? No, absolutely no, no editing at all. Didn't they
2: just put in all the footage they had. Um,
1: I think so. And the the actual Abu Dhabi th- bit didn't come to about an hour and a half way the way through, so it was kind of halfway, and you're just thinking, "Oh, I thought they went to the Middle East in this film." Looking at your watch, and they haven't even gone yet. Oh, God. But the other weird thing, I mean, it's it's, an epic. she makes reference in that review to laughing at Burkas. So I don't know whether it was supposed to be some kind. Of of uh, exercise in daytime or something like that but there was this scene where they're sitting in a, a restaurant and there's a woman eating french fries but she's got the full burqa on and they're literally laughing at how is she going to get a french fry in her mouth stuff like that. <laughs>
0: exactly. so presumably this is not being shown in the Middle East I don't know you wouldn't and expect it.
1: they escape a, the souk at the end when they're being accused of stealing Pr- handbags or whatever by wearing burqas
0: they're running where it is I tell you what it sounds like to me it sounds, <laughs> so like Bob Hope. Purpose. <laughs> it sounds like Bob Hope and Bing Crosby the road <laughs> to Morocco <laughs> doesn't it yeah. <laughs> just, so, so the other thing now they, they never watched Sex in the City but mm. uh, so they're supposed to be single women living the single life in Manhattan.
1: Yeah. How old are they now? No, they were. They, they're not single anymore. Oh. Okay. They've grown up according to the audience. So
2: how old idea. are they supposed to be in the film? They're about. Is you now, isn't she? Yeah. They're supposed to be about forty. SJP is forty-five.
1: Yeah. The Sex Maniac is fifty-two.
2: Kim Cattrall is fifty-two. Yeah, playing a
0: forty-year-old.
1: No, playing fifty-two-year-old.
0: Oh, okay. On a cocktail of HRT. Oh,
1: which gets, no. um, which oh, gets confiscated no. in Abu Dhabi and then she just like, basically spends two weeks eating yams and it 's so she
2: 's drinking Robin to- yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, but she 's got this massive stack of like a kind of medicine cabinet that she carries around with her so it 's kind of you know, it's playing to that age in the audience as well, you, you can do this if you take these pills. And the um, they've all. I mean, two of them have got children, <laughs> and one of Carrie hasn't got children. Which keeps going on about how she doesn't want children. So that's supposed to be covering that bracket as well. You know, if you don't want children, that's all right.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. So it was very clever stuff. But it's three
2: hours. This sounds extraordinary. Like there was the word absolutely fabulous went off the boil. The final episode. The final last gasp. Um, the two girls go to Morocco. Mm. Do you remember this? Yeah, and, and yeah. They, and it was patently obvious, actually, that the only reason they, could, they they were doing this is just to give themselves somewhere interesting to go. It was like
1: the episodes of EastEnders where they went to the Norfolk Broads.
2: Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, on a slightly more <laughs> the, uh, prosaic yeah. level. On
1: yeah. locations. <laughs> yeah, on location. That's where you'd switch off and go and do something. But it else. was, it
2: just, you felt completely excluded from it as if they'd gone off to have a holiday. And, and really, that that was the main interest, was just lying around getting the suntan occasionally, yeah. you know, if they were asked. Doing a couple of takes, yeah, you know, and the
1: possibilities for plot are much smaller. In yes. that in that tiny location as well. It was definitely. It felt quite claustrophobic and weird. And I was.
2: Well, I'm so sorry you missed the action, but it was going on by good oh, they, the they
1: were across the road, yeah. Like, um, yeah. and everybody who'd gone to see them had dressed up exactly like them. And there were people in the crowd who were saying like, "Oh, I hope she didn't chew shoe my shoes."
2: <laughs> oh, it's just oh, <laughs> do you know, The only thing I've got to say, I'm sorry, I was saying to yesterday, it's unkind, really. But I've watched two or three episodes of it, and I kind of understand it. But I've never known a programme divide the sexes more because I don't yeah. know. Any Apart from Fraser, obviously, who loves it. Obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like like the Mamma Mia test, isn't it? Do you know a man who's voluntarily been to see Mamma Mia?
1: No, oh, that's, that's I mean gay men like Sex and the City, but it's, oh, yeah, it, it was pretty lame about that as so well. It started with a gay wedding, and, and Liza Minnelli was dancing around, but she couldn't really manage oh, it. So
3: Liza Minnelli,
1: <laughs> propped
0: has up been on the <laughs> so, would you recommend <laughs> it, Kate? No, all right, <laughs> <laughs> two, two thumbs down from Kate Mossman. Kate, thanks very, stars. Okay, okay, bye. Thank let's very let's much. Okay, you very much. Excellent. Let's play See a bit. Let's play a bit well, of the
2: record. Time for a record.
1: The Word. A magazine, a website, a podcast, a way of life.
0: So big news in pop this week, uh, chaps. Willie Nelson has had his ponytail cut off. No. He, no. He, oh, oh did Happened about only about? the other day. Isn't that amazing? Not before time. Got rid of his trademark. No, Willie Nelson, I would say, is the only man on God's earth over the age of 30 who I would be prepared to extend a free pass to to wear a ponytail for the rest of his life. He no, looked
2: great with it. that's the broken that's, that's the, but that's 98% of the point. <laughs> <You really laughs> I can remember when Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead cut his ponytail off. Actually, I, I, I could hardly get out of bed. I was another ponytail. Broken. Good ponytail. Oh, good ponytail. I have been trying for years to... Bring on, oh Good I ponytail. Greg, all a brilliant one. I went out, I think once, rather unsuccessfully, to the corner shop trying out my new Bob Weir ponytail. I got back one of, one of the <laughs> girls in the house I was living with, said I looked just like Jane Eyre. So at that <laughs> point, I never tried it again. But, but they have every right to do it themselves. No, what well, Willie Nelson? Willie the Nelson removed. Pente- no, not quite. Just decided to do it. There's been
0: uproar on Tinternet. Okay, so that's one, change in physical appearance. The other is 50 Cent has lost a lot of weight. He has, yeah. Unrecognisable. Method acting, isn't it? It's for
3: a film. Oh, is it? Go on. uh, uh, I think he's playing a part of it in a film of a man who's ill and he's lost 50 pounds. All his muscle's gone.
2: Well, how is, is, what diet is 50? He looks gaunt. He looks gaunt. Fiddy, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. What's he not eating? What is he eat? He's not
0: eating round at Fraser's. That's no, one thing. Certainly <laughs> true, <yeah.
2: laughs>
0: He's not on the Fraser lorry diet. No. Fraser. What have you been cooking this week, Fraser?
3: Um, Anything exciting? I have made some ice cream. I made some salted butter caramel ice cream. Right. The
2: massive. Nice. Who has made some ice cream? <laughs> Right, nobody. I thought you'd say so. It. Just let me just say that at this <laughs> juncture, that Fraser and I once went not not long ago, in fact, to the pub across the road, uh, and for lunch we were served. I don't know, but we didn't realize We'd already actually we served a deep fried triple sandwich. Do you remember? Yes. It was a triple sandwich with ham and cheese that had first been melted, and then coated in some kind of um, egg batter or something, and then the whole thing. It was it was like this thick, wasn't it? Deep fried. I couldn't finish mine, but Fraser finished mine for me, I having did, had his yeah. own as well. Everyone else seemed to have a said, problem I with said this I said to Fraser once, but my, my body is like, like a temple. He said, <laughs> mine's like a sewer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the conversation. Further hot, <laughs> hot
0: musical news this week. Yeah. I, this is a, a question arises from this. You two forced to pull out of Glastonbury because of Bono's back. Yeah, I'm the only person who's Which to it appears to be the cause of widespread rejoicing. No, <laughs> but isn't it? <laughs> that it that, that is not thats the impression you get. You know, world's most popular group withdraw from world's biggest festival, sky black with hats, as far as I can see. But Everybody what, goes, exactly, man, I can't goodness. think
2: of anything uh, to say about it. That this is the group that divides the nation, the, that divides the record-buying public more severely than any other... And we, we put Bono on the cover of Word magazine last year, and Listeners, if you want a copy, be my guest. We've got hundreds of them. We've got a warehouse full of them. It did not sell. No, we haven't. And, all uh, right, right, OK, we haven't. Didn't do as well as you might have expected. Right, but it didn't... The point is, and this was fair, because it was five people saying how fond they were of this guy and how interesting they found him and how illuminating his thoughts and music were, and it was five people saying just the opposite. I thought it was fair. Um, but it, it did not catch fire. I don't know why not.
0: They, they, they've become a cliche in the minds of people who don't like them, haven't they? They've kind of formed themselves into in, into something that people find offensive outside their fan base. There are weird so posts. There are, yeah. Yeah nobody,
2: I haven't, let's be honest, I don't think I've listened to a U2 record in quite a few years. I think like, they make great records. I yeah. don't like their old records very much, but I like their new records enormously. Ever since they made a record called Electrical Storm, that really, really, I couldn't believe how brilliant their record was. Which was a while ago, wasn't it? Was it seven years ago or something? I don't know, I that, remember thinking, don't know that I one. remember thinking, this is absolutely transformational. It's a fantastic record. So what I don't want to hear is Streets Have No Name and Sunday Bloody Sunday and that stuff all over again. Is he, is he in traction? he's well he's uh speaking of someone with back problems i mean i'm the only person who's actually sympathetic poor old boy i got a text message yesterday i got an email from a news agency and it said uh uh, bono recovering well says edge and i thought look we can't overcook this can't we but the poor old boy yeah i think he's hospitalized him it was an actual operation i don't really know how he did it i mean they're training for a warming up for a big american could he not do the gig in, in a wheelchair but it wouldn't be quite the same, would it? Would you think, or not? I don't know. I don't know. And, well, of course, the, the other wheelchair, thing is that once, the the flag, once gorillas were <laughs> concerned for the, as the replacement, there was a huge number of people posting that why weren't gorillas asked in the first place? You know, this was a monstrous slur <laughs> that that, that U2 uh, has ever foisted upon them uh, in round one. Which I thought was a bit unkind. kind. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a
3: perception that Bono is always telling you what to do. I think that's why people don't.
2: No, like. I understand that, and uh, I mean, I, I think he's he's his own he's band, I find that irritating.
3: Yep. But, uh, you know, it's a shame. He's a force for good,
0: I think.
2: G- generally, yes, on I the do whole. too. That'd yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they just, you know, maybe
0: they've just been around too long. Yep. People have just gotten too used to them. You know. But are you texting, David? No, you, I'm are not. You playing I'm playing a check- computer game. I'm not sh- <laughs> playing Tetris. <laughs> I'm checking the the uh, tweets that are coming from the mass oh, no, uh, okay, that wanted us to to talk about. Talk about particular, uh, particular topics. No, okay. I'm just uh, unanswered questions in part. This comes from DP James, 123. Um Unanswered questions in pop. Why do birds suddenly appear? Who let the dogs out? Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Well, it's funny you should say that, because questions like this have been put to people who ought to know the answer to these things in the next issue of Word. They have. Further details in due course.
3: The Twitterati. They
0: get The, the Twitterati. You know, look out for the <laughs> yeah, new so edition um, we Press last night. Yeah. It's it very good, actually. Um, yes, Gagarin says, Saturday Night Fever was on telly last night, I think. Uh, what's our panel's favourite pop music film?
3: Pop music film. Um, I might have to edit out this
0: silence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm
2: trying to a pop music film. Um, so, what's your definition of pop? So you don't know mean a documentary, then?
0: No, I think you you're know talking about music- a cinema, you know, uh, cinema film with so it's a load of like tunes. Richard in
2: it. And the Shadows. And I suppose so Or, so. or so it might so be holiday.
0: Absolute Beginners. Or it might be American Graffiti. Or I don't know. Or mm-hmm. well, the Ramones Rock and Roll High School. Confessions of a Rockstar. Things
2: <laughs> things where the action where stops regularly. Robin,
3: Robin Asquith.
2: Robin Asquith, the guy yeah. looked like Peter Noon from That's Urban right, School. Yeah. Oh, my Lord, I remember that. I oh think God.
0: people still like Greece, don't they? Greece has proved to have, you know, immense legs, hasn't it? Yes, it has. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be an ephemeral pot pop boiler in the late 70s, and nowadays it's performed by uh, it's school playing material, isn't it? It's done, uh, done the school productions absolutely all the time. Amazing that that kind of thing endures. Does Spinal tap, surely. It's not a pop film. Is it a pop film? film? It's I a spook- It's a rockumentary, if you I will, so. I think. <laughs> it is a
3: rockumentary. So.
0: Yeah. so I think we're going to have to, you know, we're going we're to have to think about that. Jay Bennett112 wants to know why is Billy Joel so reviled? Never understood it. A fair point. So Is it envy?
2: Keeps leaving, he went keeps leaving wives for younger models. He went out with a very attractive girls, didn't he? Uh, you know, it's sort of a Rod Stewart sort of first streak in him, I think.
3: Worse, because he's short. I,
2: and he's quite small. But, you know, he's written a couple of good songs, Billy Joel. Of good song. girls,
0: are great song. Just the way you are? Yes. Come on, Allentown? Yes. What's that song, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant? A Bottle of Red? know
2: White. <laughs> what a great idea. Oh, it's title. a good song. That's it's a really a good, good title song, for it. Yeah.
0: It's It played in the Italian restaurants all over the world,
2: uh, you know, every evening. Um, what one a very, of- very clever commercial idea that was. Presumably he sat down and thought, how can I, it's like saying, let's write a Christmas hit, isn't it? Yeah. What, 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 what if I played a song? I'm sure there's somebody now writing a song perfect for playing in, you know, boutiques. So,
0: Fraser, I've got, a, I've got an interesting internet question that I wanted to put to you. Go on. And I don't know yeah. if there's any recognised etiquette procedure for dealing with this i noticed the other day for the first time that one of my facebook friends was dead okay i mean you know i, I don't raise this to make light of it no, in sure. any way but it's it's going to be a fact of life going forward as they say i know there's, it's there's charlie a... Gillett, yeah you know. oh yeah yeah that's right you know died a yeah, month a month
3: or so ago. there are uh, services you can subscribe to now which uh... In the event of your death, will close all your accounts, online accounts. So if you have a, fitter, a, a, a Facebook account or a Twitter account, or it'll close them all gently down and, and leave a notice and that kind of stuff. You kind of leave instructions as to what's to happen. You give them all your passwords and your logins and all that kind of stuff, and they'll do it very gracefully for you. Wow!
2: I suppose how it how do happens, they know yeah. when to do that because I think you, someone, you, you, tell you would them tell, to tell, tell it someone be else. Your solicitor, them. presumably, or yeah. somebody like that. you no know, especially.
0: part of the. Uh, yeah. You know, it does make you think, doesn't it? You know, all this stuff. You know, it's only been around a few years, but you know, it's still and going to be
3: around. There, a few is, f- there is a Facebook, a, a site devoted to people on Facebook who've died. And it what, or, does
0: it, what
3: does it? it it's do? basically like a replica of Facebook, but all it is is, is dead people. It's very strange.
2: What does it, has, what does it say about them? I mean, nothing. Is, it's just like a rep- just it's it's, pictures
3: just, of them? It's, a, it's basically a list with pictures. Good Lord, so it's a memorial. It's a memorial, yeah, like a pet cemetery for
0: Facebook times. Yes. Well, I suppose it's only like, you know, when people die, well, like Ronnie James Dio died, you know, the the other week. There's kind of digital, um, you know, condolence books people can can sign, you know. Um, You know, the whole world of kind of mourning and bereavement opens up before the internet. There's
3: quite a nice tradition on the web of uh, if someone dies and it's mentioned on a message board of, of posting a blank entry. Because obviously words can't express what you say, so you, you post a blank entry. But how do you, how how do they you know, know who it d- was who's there, or who it's? Well, it, it, it'll be on the page devoted to the person who's just oh, died, and then all the people and who are, are responding. Just your
2: name goes there, but and, nothing. And, and nothing said. I'm quite nervous joining in this conversation <laughs> because it, it, make, it almost makes it obvious that I've never been on Facebook <laughs> in my life. Well, you know my Facebook story, was unsuccessful. I did join Facebook. Because I had a goddaughter who insisted that I join Facebook. And when I joined, uh, amusingly putting a picture of myself with Kylie Minogue and my two children, trying to pass her off as my wife, which I thought was (laughs) hilarious, I just, I had to give up because they have a million, billion PRs. Asked me to join, become their friend on Facebook. Of course, yeah, you don't want that. Million, well, you million. know, much as I'm very fond of PRs, they, they just, yeah, obviously, it's obviously way round the back, isn't it, through Facebook to yeah. put across whatever they are promoting. Nothing sacred. Oh, no. <laughs> so I know. Scrap my Facebook.
0: That's the major challenge. We've I
2: mean, never posted a single.
0: That's the major challenge for PRs nowadays in the in the modern age is, is which PRs can be followed on Twitter. Yes. Because <laughs> this normally, normally works entirely the other, the other way, way around. Right. <laughs> yes. Anyway, f- uh, before we wrap up, um, museums. I just wanted to touch on museums because I know we all have a particular museum story <laughs> close to our hearts. Uh, and, I'm, and following up, somebody was asking recently, uh, which other podcasts, apart from ours, are worth listening to? Obviously, very few. Yeah, but...
3: I can't think of any. Virtually virtually I'm gonna not. I'm going <laughs> to
0: make an exception <laughs> for, somebody, for something I've been listening to recently, and I don't know if you caught this. It's not strictly a podcast because it's BBC, and BBC are not allowed to do podcasts. They're allowed to make their programmes available as podcasts. Different thing. Um, have you caught this uh, series? Has been going on for a while now. I know I'm very slow, very late getting to it. A history of the world in a hundred objects. Yes,
2: yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it won the a 50, huge number of awards.
0: Fifteen-minute programs yeah, presented by the guys from right the British Museum, you know, tracing through you know the yeah, most brilliant. ancient objects from kind of. You know, Stone Age axes, right through history, and just focusing on this thing. I love that. And kind the of range. guy who, to- who does it is just brilliant. And I was listening to one uh, only only last night while doing the washing up uh, about uh, 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 an object two million years old. Two million. Um, which was the first object they can find that was designed to rip the flesh of animals. So these were before people became hunters. Was it Jet Black of the Stranglers? <laughs> <laughs> He's getting all of bit, not he? Before, <laughs> before people became hunters, uh, they, they'd wait till some lion, you know, finished off an, owl, an, an animal. Yeah. And then they'd go and help themselves to whichever bits there were. And they designed these very, very early tools. And the profound things you learn from the fifteen-minute program—it's absolutely, it's absolutely no, I astonishing.
2: It, it's the same structure that David Attenborough uses in, those, in the fifteen-minute um, uh, pitches on, on Sunday mornings on Radio Four, where you, you take one little—you know—it's it's a fossilized feather. And from you start with that, and you open out into a great soliloquy about uh, what it represents and evolution. Um, I was, evolution w- I was walking out up the street Listening
0: to this thing last night, you know, it felt like the top of my head had gone off. You know, of the amount, fantastic. The amount of revelation about this thing—it you know, made the point that man is the only creature that makes things better than they need to be. You know, it's just
2: a fantastic. That's why so everyone to, else is quite happy with yes, this basic level. Yes,
0: <laughs> no, there's always something in man just wants to make it a little bit better. Yeah not was perfect
2: but just want to make it a little bit but better. that ambition has got us a long way yes yeah, it <laughs> it has. if not we'd be lying on our backs <laughs> at the bottom of pond anyway <laughs> so
0: you know hundreds of episodes of that thing are available on you know for nothing on the internet and i do urge anybody who's looking for something to accompany their uh, jogging with or whatever. That's a terrific thing to do. You've been to a museum a lot recently, Fraser, haven't you? You've been to one
3: repeatedly. I've been to the British Library a lot recently for their Magnificent Maps exhibition, which is a fantastic thing. It's mainly about scale. It's all about historic, big historic maps. And it's uh, from stuff that was produced in the 13th century to stuff that's up to date. It's a a fantastic, unbelievably well-detailed map of London done a couple of years ago where every single street has been hand-drawn and a comment made on this that's like brockwell park is 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 marked as marijuana city Something like southern <laughs> and every every street in london is has been annotated like this
0: is incredible really? i haven't been yet and well, there's, a br-
3: there's a brilliant pop- a propaganda poster dur- uh, produced during second world war about the influence of tea around the world Could tea revives the world and it's all about where tea is drunk and how it's drunk and if anyone wants to steal that, I'll be waiting outside with a bunch of crisp 20s. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic.
0: We've got to go. I've got to go. see Because just down the road from us, the British Library, which is always worth a visit. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? It very is not it very welcoming place. Huge free to young. get in. Yeah. Free to get in. People sit there and use the Wi-Fi or whatever. It's uh, Every time I go there, it's really busy. Yeah.
2: And you've been to a museum. I went to... Well, last night, I went to Time Out, had a, a, a party at the... Um, uh, Museum of London, well, actually Museum of London. having the party. I saw an extraordinary thing actually <laughs> coming in. We walked past Ken Livingston who uh, my pal who I was with uh, knows Ken Livingston and he stopped to talk to us. And um, uh, he, 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 he looked as though he was a, a man walking away from a scene as fast as he could. And when we turned the corner, there was Boris Johnson surrounded by <laughs> a semicircle of <laughs> popping flashbulbs. And uh, so, being me, obviously I had to go and find out what happened. And, and what happened was that. Boris and Ken had been... Uh, Ken had been asked to, to appear with Boris, which was a great photograph. Yeah, yeah. I pictured the two of them together and had declined and, uh, and legged it fairly swiftly <laughs> right. down the back of the, of the stairs. But it was a good exhibition. But, uh, yeah, it was very good. It was very interesting. They put a lot of money into it and they turned it into... Um, uh, I worked on a, um, a museum myself uh, a, a couple of years ago called the British Music Experience at the O2. So I know what it's like to try and take... Um, the combination of objects and kind of social history and build it into a kind of interactive um, uh, d- devices that will, will engage the attentions of younger people. And there was a lot of that, lots of absolutely brilliant old footage, but I mean, mostly it's a chronological tread through London where you see things that hit you if you're a certain age. I mean, seeing the contents of a, ni- a 1950s house Uh, And I'm old enough to have been born in the 1950s, and there was my mother's old hoover, Mm -hmm. you know, with the little clip that held the bag up and a long, saggy old spring that used to, this thing used to wobble about on. And uh, I can just remember that, the radiograms, I know this is terribly cliche, but there's something about things like radiograms and record players and, you know, even sort of, uh, you know, the jars that get the tea and the biscuit boxes, you know, uh, it was really extraordinary. So that, is uh, that open to the public now? It's open to the public, and actually, I really recommend it. Yes, the it's the Museum of the Barbican London down by the Barbican, and uh, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of extraordinary, fascinating stuff. Really well. So
0: we presented. won't we won't be going to any of those things because we're going to spend the next few weeks watching the World Cup. Oh right? yes, bring it
2: on! What are we looking forward to most about the? World I'm, Cup? I'm mostly looking forward to Kate Mossman's reaction. He was on earlier <laughs> reviewing that <laughs> film. Um, poor old Moss has t- rather taken against the World Cup because she doesn't think it's very interesting. You know, she's now to resign to the fact that she's going to be surrounded by people getting <laughs> she <laughs> will. Was- you know when teams that she's no sorry
0: <laughs> are stamping on the floor she, she won't even enter the office sweep no, she? so she hasn't it. like me got Argentina and you've got Italy I've got Portugal we're, well. we're, all, we're, we're
3: feeling all feeling quite chipper no, what are, are you looking
2: it? forward to about the World Cup
3: every single <laughs> moment I've, I've,
2: I've, I've bought a uh, eating some of your fine food Probably, I'd,
3: I've bought a little miniature flag stand which I'll I mean, bring it into the office. Oh, this is <laughs> with, uh, with five fag flags uh, poking of uh, the teams I'm following, uh, which I'll remove one by one as they get...
2: No, that's, they go uh, who are the five?
3: Well, England, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's very loyal. Um, uh, North Korea, because I go there on holiday. Yes, of course you do. Um, Chile, for the same reasons. Um, who else forgot? Uh, Brazil, because they might win. The Brazil. I mean, no, I mean, everyone true. loves Brazil once all the other oh, teams. Oh, lovely,
0: gone. yeah,
2: Brazil.
3: And somebody else can't remember. Well,
2: that's good. I can't wait. Bring it on.
1: This podcast was brought to you by The Word. Details at wordmagazine.co.uk.
2: This podcast is brought to you by The Word magazine, media partner of Latitude Festival 2010. For more details, go to www.latitudefestival.co.uk.
3: Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
2: Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best.